0: Business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. In part two of my Story Tuesday conversation with Matthew, he shares his wisdom on how to let go in ways that can open up bigger and better opportunities. And of course, we wrap up the interview with the Couch Round, where Matthew shares his thoughts, beliefs, and reactions to questions on making mistakes, learning, failure, and lessons he wished he'd been able to learn the easy way instead of the hard way. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yisha is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business and experience a drag or dip in your growth, if you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, if you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger, if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively when circumstances change like they have so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. Adaptability coaching and consulting will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-backed tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to com slash coaching. Thank you again. Thank you so, so much. I wanted to, if it's okay with you, jump into another couch round before we wrap it up for today.
1: Yeah, yeah, sounds good.
0: Awesome. So I wanted to ask, what's one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you were getting started?
1: Ooh, you know, it's be very careful who you choose your partners. Like your partners are, you're either your the make or break component of all of this. Yeah. Mm. And I think one of the things that I would encourage anybody who's getting into any sort of significant partnership with anybody is to actually do your research on that individual, mm. look up if they've been in past litigations before and what those litigations look like and I think that's something that you know i've I've had partners where the partnership was ended very badly. I've gotten very screwed over on multiple mm. occasions and I think understanding now is what I typically do is I either work, I form partnerships with people that I've known for a number of years, or I form partnerships with people that are new, but I have my attorneys actually do some research on them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'll have them, you know, look up old, you know, lawsuits and actually go pull whatever possible from the court systems Mm -hmm. to be able to sort of like read the complaint, especially if they are the defendants. Mm. Um, They're the plaintiffs, I'm curious, but I'm much more curious about if they are a defendant and what they did that caused someone to sue them. Mm. And understanding then what to look out for perhaps in my future engagement with that person. I think that would have actually prevented some of the experiences that I had that ultimately were really difficult uh, partnership experience. So yeah, I mean, going back on it now, I would have done a little bit more research, understood some of the their former lawsuits, and mm-hmm. have constructed my my contracts differently in preparation of that, so that if there were things that they did that were similar, then there was going to be a big contractual repercussion for mm-hmm. them. You know, so yeah, that's definitely up there.
0: Yeah, thank you, and. It reminds me of what you were talking about, these learning experiences that change how you now think, how you're able to think moving forward, which now it sounds like have really helped you create much more robust, helpful, meaningful, and useful partnerships. Yeah. And trusting ones. Yeah. Yeah. So next question, what is the difference between a mistake and failure?
1: You know, I don't know why I say it this way, but like, I don't really speak in that language. Uh I just Right, I just don't see things as mistakes or failures. I, I like I would talk about it on Sunday. Like you either win or you learn. Mm-hmm. So like, and a win is oftentimes really just a subjective perspective of what like achieving something that you thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right now, there are obvious like in sports and stuff like that. There's objective winning, but for the most part, when it comes to entrepreneurship or personal growth or relationships. A win is something that you sort of like subjectively sort of identify as this is something that I want and I got it. Mm-hmm. I remember there's um there's a book out there and I don't remember the name of it, but it speaks on sort of society's like fascination with these like young tech entrepreneurs that are, you know, becoming billionaires in their twenties or their thirties or whatever. But most successful entrepreneurs don't happen until they're in their 40s and 50s. And so these are the ones that no one really talks about but a majority of you know millionaires and successful entrepreneurs don't even get there until their 40s but there's this fascination with like these young you know unicorns you know, 30 under 30 type people that put i think a lot of pressure on entrepreneurs that think they're making a mistake or that they are a failure when in reality they're just learning and growing if they are just persistent they get there mm. and those are the stories that are actually really the stories that most entrepreneurs should be following not the you know drop out of you know college and start facebook and become a multi you know multi multi-billionaire famous billionaire it's these sort of hard working like using your experience and taking your time and finding then your little spot as an entrepreneur that you really only have the ability to be there when you start to reach your 40s and into your 50s. My old mentor who I spoke with, you know, I spoke about a little bit on Sunday. He always said, like he and all of his friends, the most they always had the most of their success when they hit 50. Hmm. Like 50 to 55 was when people really hit entrepreneurs really hit their most successful moments.
0: Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing that. I love the like kind of reframe and frame away from the mistake and failure.
1: I don't frame things in that way. I just yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that really, as you were talking about, it segues into the next question, which is, can you name someone who, when something doesn't go as expected, you can go to them and they respond by saying, okay, let's deal with this now and then learn from it for later?
1: You know, it's really interesting. It's, it's probably, probably the person that introduced us, which is, which is uh, David. Mm-hmm. David is, I feel like, one of the most stoic people I know. And so like, I just remember having conversations with him at different points and he'll just be like, well, you're Matthew Walk, dude, like you're going to be fine. And I'm like, but how can you say that? You're not going through all the stuff that I'm going through. And, you know, I always look to my entrepreneur friends. I always look to my friends in EO Mm -hmm. who just sort of always like reframe that and just put this in the scenario of you got this you know your business better than anybody knows your business. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to figure this out. Like you're going to be fine.
0: Seeing those people and their trust in you and them knowing you, right? It's not just that they are someone who off the street says, oh, you're so and so. And so that means you'll be great. It's that they see and know you personally, and they've seen you work through those things. And then when you're at that moment, they say you have done this kind of thing many times before. They kind of remind you of
1: that, right? I think this, I, we touched up touch this a little bit on Sunday as well, which is like I'm my own biggest critic. Mm-hmm. So like it's oftentimes like I'm the one just in my own head, and like so having someone else from their perspective who looks up to me, respects me, and is like you know pretty wowed by the, some of the things that I've done. They turn into this like, what are you even saying to yourself? Like, are you listening to yourself right now? Like, what are you doing? you got this, like you freaking got this. You rocked this so many times, you're gonna rock it again, don't worry.
0: Yeah, wow, thank you. And kind of the flip side of that, I'm curious if you can name someone who you've learned from their mistakes instead of making your own. Well, you don't have to name them per se,
1: but. (laughs) You know, I'd I'd have to look at my dad.
0: Hmm.
1: My dad was a serial entrepreneur, but I think he really, you know, he took things in this sense of like, he became almost an addict to the entrepreneur, like to the business, right? And I think even to an extent, perhaps in regards to money and understanding that, like, he pushed himself so hard that he really started to wear his body down and destroy his body in certain ways. And I think he looks back on it now with a lot of, you know, I don't, you can call it regret, I guess, I don't know, of just understanding that, like, he really pushed me to be like, Think smart and work hard, but don't work so hard that you're just destroying yourself in the process, you know? Think smart, work hard,
0: don't push yourself too hard.
1: Yeah. And like find that balance. Find that Mm. balance of like, you don't need to have the Ferrari in the garage or the huge, you know, like you don't need those things to be happy. That's not where your happiness comes from. Mm. You don't need to work yourself so hard just to make that little bit extra money. And so I really learned valuable lessons from him uh, and, and his experiences. Thank you. And just a couple more questions.
0: Sure. Uh, first one is, what is more important working in your business or on your business?
1: Wow. I mean, both, but mm-hmm. on the business. So I take this approach of I work a lot in the business in the beginning and in any sort of startup, in any sort of scenario, because I've got to be able to fully understand the nuances that are happening in my business. I've got to be able to navigate those things with my employees and understand them in a detailed way. But that's a lot of just communication or working with my employees, not really doing what they're doing. It's a lot of empathy then at that point. So it's a lot of listening and communication from my employees that allows me to take their experiences, listen, and do things that work on the business so that their day-to-day in the business is easier and easier and easier or becomes more effective over time.
0: Thank you. That's such a really useful way of thinking and framing. And it's something I've seen that a lot of entrepreneurs and business leaders can skip, even if they're doing that work themselves, when they get to a point of someone taking that position to not really listen and continue thinking and empathizing with saying, how do I make their work, their kind of growth and the growth of that portion of the business easier, better, faster by way of really listening and staying connected to that. So thank
1: you. Yeah, for that. I mean I mean for me working on the business is mostly about like empowering my employees and getting them to become critical thinkers, become powerful tools because the human mind is what is ultimately going to like is how the work in the business happens, right? So, you know, even if you're dealing with a very tech heavy industry, people are going to program that software or whatever the case may be. So, understanding like you can't be every employee, you can't, right? You can't physically do it. And that every single employee has a very unique perspective in what they're doing. And so, listening to them is extremely key in trying to like micromanage and say, well, if you didn't do it my way, it's wrong. Or I know best because this is my business. That kind of mentality only really hurts you in the long run and never allows you to work on your business you're always working in. it. Yeah, thank you. And so that stunts your overall long-term like growth.
0: So Absolutely. Yeah, it's a fast way to get also to get people to not be motivated, interested, and to leave. Right. Yeah, so the last question for today I have is, what is one thing that's coming up for you or your businesses that you're really excited, working
1: on, and want to share? So that would go to... Mostly I want to discuss on the COVID tech and the, the agile medical systems. So Covatech tech is, you know, we're really focused on social technology, social impact, and there's a term out there called socio-medical, which is the sort of the intersection of social wellness and physical health. Right. And I think we as a society are understanding so much more how the mental health impacts the physical health. And so COVID tech is really designed to focus on getting employers to get employees back to work in as safe as an environment as possible but also we're looking at things like daily symptom tracking weekly or monthly sort of mental health and social health questionnaires so through uh, one of my partners Arabian we've been in you know some pretty high level conversations with very large companies which I can't talk about but you know very detailed conversations that allow them to sort of see providing these uh, sort of questionnaires and sort of social and mental health checks, uh, which we call Health queue, to be able to engage with their employees and provide like employee rewards even. So that offer incentives for, these, for the employees to provide this sort of feedback data in an aggregate level to create perhaps changes in their entire corporate structures that allow for overall better employee health, especially mental health. So that's one. And then Agile Medical Systems, the homeless pods, which sort of goes into that as well. But on the Agile, what we call the Agile Protect Chambers, that allows you to take a patient that hits a hospital system with possible COVID. You can put them into an isolation chamber that prevents their spread of infection to other uh, people, especially the healthcare workers, reduces PPE. And actually moves with them from hospital in their hospital bed if they get admitted or if they go have to go to the ICU or whatever the case may be. So one of the things that most people aren't even talking about is when a patient gets transferred in a hospital system, they have to close down entire hallways and elevator systems just to move that patient from one area of the hospital to the other. And this allows us to completely bypass that. We think there's an opportunity even to we're working with some of the hospital systems that would allow patients, family members to even perhaps come into the room and actually see them, even Mm. though they're in like a a bubble, if you will, it at least allows them to be able to see them and interact in person on that scale. So we're working with the FDA on getting our emergency use authorizations. We're working with a very large uh, hospital system that we've been in conversations with who want to potentially, you know, get prototypes and launch this into all fifty plus hospitals that they have. So these are very exciting things in my businesses right now.
0: Amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing them. I really appreciate it. And I think it's amazing how much you're looking for ways to really help connect, to connect people, to connect them with their families, to connect them with what has changed so much in a way that they can continue to feel safe and be productive and continue working and getting their paychecks, which is such a huge deal right now. Yeah. And Yeah, and really helping businesses also be able to continue to really function and to be able to also help with continuing their operations going, help with everybody who is with them, their teams, and keep them running and really kind of help us all raise each other up.
1: Yeah. And so this sort of touches again on like working in the business versus on the business is like the businesses that I'm in now are focused on working on your business right? In improving those business systems, your employees, the relationship with your employees, the overall branding of the customer experience that comes from an individual employee with their name on their shirt or the logo of that brand. So, And I think there's a huge understanding now in businesses that my employee is a representation of my brand. Mm. And so how do I support that employee on a micro level? Because that micro interactions lead to macro perceptions. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Thank yeah. you. There's so much there. And I wish we had more time today. You know, we, we may need to have you come back. Uh, I'd
1: love to. Yeah, it'd be fun.
0: Amazing. So thank you again. Thank you so much for sharing your lessons and how you have really implemented them. Thank you for sharing your experience and wisdom. And thank you for helping us and my audience and you, the listeners, learn how to grow yourself, how to grow your businesses, and really to learn from each other. That's really what this is about. And for all of us to raise each other up. So. Thank you again. I will say, Matthew, that I have rarely had an interview that I had such a hard time ending because it's been such a wonderful conversation and it's been such a fantastic experience. And I appreciate how much you are open. And I believe the words that you were saying earlier are coming to mind, open and ready and present. Thank you so much for engaging with me, with the audience and sharing parts of yourself that for many of us, we don't really get to encounter. We don't often recognize that they exist in being an entrepreneur, in running a business or multiple businesses, the ups and downs and how much we all deal with and how important it is. And it really underscores how important it is that we can feel really alone at those times sometimes. And we don't always necessarily have to be lonely or feel like we're the only ones stuck in that. So thank you for also really putting a spotlight on some of these things that so rarely get the attention that they really need and deserve.
1: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. I really appreciate the opportunity to to sort of speak on all of that. I'm very passionate about it.
0: Yeah, I see that. So thank you.